Good morning, friends. Welcome to Stony Brook Church. It is good to have you all in worship with us today, whether you're in person with us or worshiping with us online. We are so glad that you are here as we have come together to praise our God on this beautiful spring morning. I am Pastor Jennifer Casey. I bring you greetings on behalf of our preacher of the day, Pastor Mary Jo Yakel along with our pastor emeritus, Pastor Bob Thomas, who is serving as today's online worship host. So if you are worshiping online with us, drop a note in the comment section on Facebook or YouTube, and Pastor Bob will be sure to greet you. Good morning. It is not too late, friends, for you to join us today at 2 p.m. for our community enrichment event. We will have Dr. Isaac Weiner with us via Zoom. We're all going to meet on Zoom as he brings us um, information and enlightenment about what the pandemic has done to the sounds of religion. I have had a chance to spend a little bit of time with Dr. Weiner and he is engaging and entertaining and you are all invited to join us. It's not too late to sign up. If you wanna take a look now at our video where Dr. Weiner tells us a little bit about this afternoon. Hello, is this on? Am I muted? C can you hear me? How about now, hello? Does that sound familiar? Is that what any of your church services have sounded like over the last year? My name is Isaac Weiner, and I'm an associate professor of religious studies at Ohio State University. Please join me on Sunday, April 18th at 2 p.m. when I'll be talking about how COVID has transformed the sounds of American religious life. For the past year, my research team has collected hundreds of audio recordings from across the country documenting some of the ways Americans have adapted their religious practices during this time of global pandemic. In my presentation, I'll share some examples with you and discuss what they tell us about shifting notions of religious authority and community. I'll also let you know about some ways you can get involved in our work yourself. So please join me at 2 p.m. on April 18th. I hope to see you there. 
can go to our website, stonybrook.church, and sign up for that event this afternoon, and I'll get you the Zoom link after you sign up. Well, friends, God continues to be good and continues to call Stony Brook to partner with New Albany United Methodist Church uh, in our new home project mission. We have yet another participant who is ready to transition into independent housing. Her name is Valerie, and she is in need of some items for her home. If you are feeling called to support Valerie and this ministry of Stony Brook and New Albany, you can go to uh, stonybrook.church slash missions, and Emily Keener, our director of missions, has all of the items Valerie is looking for um, on our website. You can sign up in that way. We are so excited that God also continues to call Stony Brook Church to Appalachia through ASP, Appalachian Service Project. Uh, we will be having a team that's going to be headed down to central Appalachia in July, July 11th through 17th, to make homes warmer, drier, and safer. And we are looking to you to help us make this happen. It's the desire of the youth ministry team to help our youth offset the costs of going. They have a $450 participation fee to do this mission project. We also have additional fees for van costs and gas and things of that nature. And then as we typically do when we get there, ASP requests extra projects and we are um, able to help them with that. And so this year we have a fundraising goal of $10,000 that should help offset those costs so that Stony Brook can continue to make a big impact on our neighbors in Appalachia. If you are being called to help in, uh, in this way by donating your financial gifts, simply go to our website, stonybrook.church give and look for the line item ASP. If you have questions, please reach out to Ben Lilly, our director of youth ministries. At this time, I invite you to quiet your minds and settle down your hearts as our prelude will help prepare us for worship.
Thank you, Sky. Beautiful. Let us uh, center our hearts in our opening prayer. Teach us, good Lord, to serve you as you deserve, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heal the wounds, to toil and not to seek the rest, to labor and not to ask for any reward, except that of knowing that we do your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I invite you to rise either in body or spirit as our choir leads the vocals for our opening hymn. To this next uh, stage of prayer, I invite you to allow the music to help center your hearts, open up your hearts, so that may, we may receive what God has for us through, the, through our prayer. Amen. 
Let us join our spirits in prayer. God of heaven and God of earth, the mystery of your creation is astounding. How did you create such beauty, such complex systems of living? You are amazing and you are praiseworthy. You are always at work transforming death into life and bringing about love through your movement. God of heaven and God of earth, we are not worthy. We have failed at following your commandment to love one another. We have had yet another heartbreaking week, lives taken at the hands of others, children gone, parents, sisters, brothers, community members, friends, taken because we have allowed others to be dehumanized. Forgive us, O God. Forgive our bickering. Forgive our righteous indignation. Forgive the ways we politicize everything. Forgive the ways we blame others without taking time to look at ourselves. Forgive us for preferring our comfort and safety rather than speaking out against injustice we have contributed to the brokenness of our society. God, help us. God, forgive us. God of heaven and earth, we have not been living as citizens of heaven. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. And so today, we turn back to you with our hearts broken wide open Transform the death in our spirits into a vibrant faith which is moved to action. Help us to do better, be better, and to love you with every fiber of our being. Open our ears so that we are moved by the words of your Apostle Paul, who encouraged his beloved Philippian church to do whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, help us, O oh God, to keep all of this, to keep you at the center. May your peace, the peace which surpasses all understanding, be with us in the midst of this very anxious time. We pray all of this in the name of the very one who embodied love and peace Christ Jesus, as we now join our voices together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you. 
Brothers and sisters, thank you. I am looking forward to the days where that which I used to do, I get to do with ease. One of those is when somebody says they're in the hospital, I can get in my car and go. You ready? Bring it, God. We're ready. But we will finish well. I had one of those moments a while ago, ages and ages and ages ago, it feels like, and I roared in and went up to the nurse's desk and said, this is who I'm looking for, and they went, (gasps) they just went home. You just missed them. And sometimes there's more behind things than you want to own, but in the midst of that moment, I, in my flusteredness, said out loud, in my preaching voice, fiddlesticks. Whipped around and headed down the hall because I knew where they were going and it was okay. And there was this giggle behind me and one person said to the other, fiddlesticks? And the response was, betcha it's a clergy. Well, first of all, I would like to give thanks for the fact that I have, for the most part, edited my theater language and now can react with clergy language to frustration. But friends, I want people to know whether I'm blurting or intentionally choosing my words, I want people to know that I'm a citizen of heaven. Heaven come down. And you are citizens of heaven Would you join me in prayer? And now, almighty God, either through or in spite of this, thy servant, speak to these, your beloved ones, who choose to live heaven now. In Jesus' name, amen. We have been and are almost completed with our journey through the letter to the Philippians, We're going to hit the 17th verse of chapter 3 and read on through chapter 4, verse 9. It's a lot of words. Sorry. Didn't pick it. Just did pick it. I would ask that you would take a moment to say, God, I am listening. Speak to me the way I need to hear. From the letter to the Philippians through our brother Paul. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have set you have in us. For many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I have often told you of them, and now I tell you even with tears. Their end is destruction. Their God is the belly. Their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And it is from there that we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. 
Therefore, my brothers and sisters whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Yudia and I urge Sintich to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. And the people said, Amen, Amen. My friends, I do enjoy a good, stiff struggle with the scripture. It is amazing how when you say, I'm a citizen of heaven, that all of a sudden the way you lived your last week comes confronting into your remembrances. Does anybody, any, can, can I get an Amen? All right, I won't make you do what you don't want to do. But let's talk about this word citizen, citizen of heaven, subject of a state or commonwealth, either native or naturalized. It is a way in which we claim where we are and live fully into this citizenship. It is for us the way in which we see Jesus in the living of our days. How do you see in Jesus? For Paul, he invites us to imitate him. And it is a kind of a fun idea of being an imitator of Paul. Um, I, I love to play with the children in worship. If if they're there, I can guarantee you there will be a children's chat and this pastor will come and play with them. And we have a lot of fun. For example, we'll play follow the leader. And the joy about follow the leader, and I've been told we still play follow the leader with children. I'm a little out of touch with kids. And the, the joy of playing follow the leader is that everybody gets to play. It's, it's just a game that's inclusive, and it's, it's a team-building exercise, and it's kind of fun to see, <clears throat> like, how do you walk like an elephant? And the difference between an elephant 
and a snake. And let me tell you, it is one of the greatest games in the world because children will take their imaginations out of the closet and show off. Great fun. There's another kind of following game, and um, I was taught it was Mother May I. Anybody remember Mother May I? A couple of you. Good, good. You know, it, it's, it's a different kind of game. In fact, it's a game built on trickery. The whole goal of the game is to get somebody to mess up, either by not saying, Mother May I, or by not being able to pat your belly and your head at the same time. Oh, wait a minute. That's rub your belly and pat your head. Uh, see, I I'm not good at it because I don't like it. Imitation and how you learn what's important to imitate is so much a part of who Paul is in the letter to the Philippians. Uh, I, I remember speaking with a pastor up north and over to the west. And the comment was made, oh my gosh, I've got a situation that's got me going nuts. You see, there's a man who wants to come to our church. He has experienced a conversion and he wants to know how to live a converted life. But there's a problem. The man has been found guilty of some of the ugly behaviors that an adult can inflict on a child. And we can't have this man running around the church, foot loose and fancy free. Maybe we just have to say, no, you can't come to church. And then she took it to a group of people who counseled. And they decided that they would find five men who were strong in their faith and committed to being disciples of Christ, who would shepherd this new soul of Jesus. And he would be greeted at the sidewalk by no less than three, and they would love on him throughout the morning, and as long as he was at church, he would have one on his left and one on his right, and one just checking out to make sure no matter where he was or what he was doing, he would be supremely cared for. And I went, wow, I can see Jesus in that. Wow, I can see Jesus. How we imitate Paul is going to take us out of our comfort zones where we get to come and go as we please and do whatever we want. It means checking, supporting, and walking in the hard steps of Christ. There's, there's a wonderful gift of faith and studying Bible that came to me later in life, and, and that was the power of using multiple translations. I actually read through about three or four of them in order to bring a depth, hopefully, on Sunday morning. In one of the translations, where what the translation you heard, it said, and I just lost my place. Here it is. If there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And I went, cool, I can think about a lot of things. I can 
think like crazy. But the translation that caught me said, take account of these things. Now, I like paper. I was paper trained. I like little emblems and symbols. In fact, I even have my own sign language or my own shorthand that nobody can read except me um, until I tell you what it means and then you go, oh, that's cute. <laughs> Take account. Did you know that John Wesley was a narcoleptic? He doesn't sleep. The reason I know that is because I became mesmerized by the fact that there are his actual journals where every hour on the hour he logs the prayer that he lifted. Uh, that's a lot of work. Pages and pages of little symbols that every hour on, and I just loved it. And I went, that's kind of cool, but I'll never do it. Until... That kept popping back up. People would say, I need prayer. Will you pray for me? And I go, absolutely. And then I went, but will I? Back in those days, there was a different kind of watch. And this is the actual watch. Um, notice that the, it's a little shorter than it was first service because the plastic is so old that it broke. I'm serious, it's so old. But the reason I love this watch is I could turn an hourly chime on. Does anybody remember hourly chimes? And it, it just would go, Dee. and nobody would pay attention because it only did it once. But if I said to you, I will pray for you, I would turn my hourly chime on, and every time I heard it, I would lift that prayer. It became one of the greatest di disciplines of my life. And to this day, I now have the way in which I tell my cell phone how to do the same thing. But this little hourly chime reminded me of the power of not just saying you'll do something, but engaging it. And to take account of it, I have a promise for you if you have a struggle question that is going on in your soul. If you begin to chronicle or take account of the thoughts you have and the way it starts to unfold in your head, you will find that God is trying to be faithful if you'll just listen. If you'll just listen. Take account. I rolled into a finance committee meeting and was totally thrilled. I love finance meeting, probably. I sat down for the first time with this new finance committee that I was now a part of, and they plopped in front of me a ledger of the accounts. And on one side, it said profit, and on the other side, it said loss. Now, I have a confession. I don't ever remember getting a financial sheet with those two words on it at the top. Profit and loss. And I just went, I I'm struggling with these words because words have power. What would happen if we change these words and say offering and mission? Because friends, if we aren't celebrating our privilege of giving to God what portion of what God has given us, then we have missed something. And if we do not see that the mission of Christ's 
goal in our lives is not being a part of the going out of our funds, then we have missed the point. Taking an accounting is an act of ministry. It's an act of faithfulness. And we are well into it. We see Jesus when we write a check for salaries. We see Jesus when we send our youth. We see Jesus in the mission of every dollar and the hour of every life. It is our accounting. Finally, my friends, there is this little last paragraph, and um, it's a powerful paragraph, but the thing you don't may not catch if you're not Bible studying it is that the words that Paul are, is using in this sentence are words that everybody understood. It was secular, it was spiritual, but he made sure he used illustrations and words that people knew. No code language, you don't have to be a Christian to understand these words. These are words that honor humanity. And he goes like this. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, this is what you're called to. This is how you see Jesus. And I want to remind you that when we use the word honorable, that which we demand and expect for ourselves, we make sure everybody gets it. And Paul understood that. We see Jesus in the way that we defend your right your privileges, your expectations in the living of our days. We see Jesus. Heaven come down. There is nothing like the people of God living in their day in such a way that others, even on the outside, say, I See something special. Huh. They must be Christian. Get that. I can go with that. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
I give thanks for your willingness to allow the ushers to shepherd you um, from the sanctuary. I ask that you would take the wonderful conversations that need to happen into the, into the parking lot outside where we can be most safe, or make a note. I saw my good friend Bobby. I'm going to call Bobby this afternoon and catch up on the good news. Find a way to stay safe. Find the best way to do life no matter what the circumstances. Friends, the offering is a time where we respond to the fact that God is forever faithful, no matter what, and we are grateful for that privilege. Let me offer you the perspective of a pastor who served four years in an Appalachian pocket in Dayton, Ohio. Let me tell you one of the gifts of the Appalachian community. If one person has something Everybody they know has a portion of it. Can you see Jesus? Thank you for your willingness to support ASP and our youth and all of those who are going to make it possible for us to put feet on our faith in the Appalachian community. We have a traditional prayer, uh, a blessing and benediction that we use on a regular basis. And I want to remind you that the Lord Christ sends you where Christ needs you every day. So let us unite our voices in this traditional benediction. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Amen.